So maybe a first question would be, give us a state of just your tribe. Madison has just been designated in December, Truax Field, as the home of F-35A. Doctor, can you start? Give us an overview. Rick Essenberg is president and general counsel of the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, which had sued in Polk County to try to avoid the governor's first statewide mask edict, alleging a uh, breach of gubernatorial powers. Yesterday, the governor, governor excuse me, issued another public health emergency order extending the statewide mask edict until November 21. So it is a great time to do a newsmaker's interview with Rick Essenberg. Rick, welcome back to Wisconsin Eye. Well, thank you for having me, Steve. Well, um, so you filed one suit in Polk County. Had just had the Justice Department had the State Justice Department, excuse me, even had a chance to file a response to that one, sir? No, their response is not due yet, and so the 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 matter that was filed in uh, Polk County you know, about a month ago um, is still pending uh, with no further activity. Well. Um, I was surprised. The governor had until uh, Monday the 28th to do something with, the, that was the expiration date of the first order. Yesterday, he issued another one extending it. Now, I saw your press release, but I'm going to ask you in person. Your response to that order, sir? Well, I, mean, I, think it, I think that his decision, which essentially extends um, the emergency that he declared at the end of July, even though he's calling it a new emergency, there is really no new situation. What we have is an ongoing COVID pandemic that has been with us since March, um, makes it clearer that he's simply ignoring the statutory limitations on his authority. Now, I understand that a lot of people are going to turn this into a debate about a mask mandate, and that's not what it is. There are ways that the governor could pursue a mask mandate um, if he believes that's appropriate. He could seek legislative authorization. He could look for authorization in current law and perhaps proceed by rulemaking with public notice and comment and legislative participation. But uh, what he cannot do is rule by decree. Uh, because if you read our state law, um, it's very specific on the matter. It says, look, if there's an emergency, the governor can declare a public emergency and during that period of time can exercise extraordinary power. You can enter uh, any order to preserve uh, uh, property or uh, protect any person. But his ability to rule in that extraordinary way is time limited. A declared emergency cannot last for more than 60 days. It can be rescinded by a joint resolution of the legislature, uh, but it can not be extended by the governor and can only be extended by a joint resolution of the legislature, but only for another 60 days. And so for the governor to decide that he can essentially declare emergencies in series so that he can continue to rule by decree violates the state limitation on the use of his emergency powers and uh, we believe even further would violate um, our constitution's uh, commitment uh, to separation of powers because it 
you know, the governor is an executive. The governor doesn't get to legislate. And uh, while we may allow him to do that uh, during this 60-day emergency, to permit that to go on indefinitely is to essentially confer on him the legislative power, and our Constitution does not permit that. Okay, I just wanted to, to read from the governor's uh, press statement yesterday. Eight Wisconsin cities are now listed among the top 20 cities nationally in the growth of COVID-19. Six of those eight Wisconsin cities have UW campuses. The, um, the age group 18 to 24 have, uh, are five times more likely now to test positive for COVID. And finally, the, uh, the surge in Wisconsin represents, number one, uh, a, uh, a risk of, quote, unnecessary illness, overwhelming our healthcare system, and insecurity from an unstable economy. Um, so he's saying the, the, the safety ante has gone up. I have to issue a new one. Your response, please. Well, look, the safety ante, first of all, the safety ante has not gone up. Hospitalizations and the death rate has been relatively flat. Um, we're, we're not um, in danger of becoming overwhelmed. But those would be great policy arguments. Those would be great arguments for the governor to make if he either decided to adopt a rule or if he decided to go to the legislature and ask them for uh, some type of authorization. But the fact that there is a need to do something does not create the power to do something. It doesn't suspend the operation of democracy. It doesn't turn us from a republic into something else. We don't elect a king. We elect a governor. And he's got whatever it is that he feels is appropriate to do has to be done in accordance with the law. And the law here gives him this extraordinary authority, but it also places an expiration date on it. He gets 60 days. That's all he gets. And uh, it, once the 60 days uh, are uh, over, if the legislature has not extended for another 60 days, and they haven't, then we must return to regular constitutional order. And so if he believes that the things that he has cited in those orders uh, require a certain type of response, then he's got to do it in the normal way. Either he goes to the legislature or he finds some authority elsewhere in state law and uh, proceeds in the way that that authority permits him to proceed. The Supreme Court in May said that he could proceed by rulemaking, right? He could make rules uh, with public notice and comment, with the possibility of legislative oversight, he abandoned that process. He decided not to do it. Nobody prevented him from doing it. Instead, he's chosen to rule by decree, and that's what he is not permitted to do. Okay, I just want to go back over something you said. It's not about face masks. It's about the process. And uh, I went back over the governor's press, uh, press releases. He interviewed states of emergencies in Kenosha and Madison due to the unrest and uh, damage and looting. So if he issued back-to-back states of emergencies in those cities because of those issues, your, your argument would still be the same. Well, well that's right. His, his ability to uh, declare an emergency that triggers extraordinary emergency powers would be time-limited, right? It can only last for 60 days. I mean, I didn't make this up. This isn't my opinion. This is what the law will say if you open up the statute books and read it. It can only last for 60 days. It can only be extended by the legislature. And even the legislature can only extend it for another 60 days. 
Okay. Now you're you're on the record statement yesterday in the wake of the governor's extension, or I'm sorry, issuing a new public health emergency was letting this gross abuse of power stand is not an option. Now, talk to me about an option. Piggyback on the Polk lawsuit, seek a OA original action with the Supreme Court. Um, I half expected you to come onto this show and say, here's what we just did. So what happens potentially next, sir? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that um, what's likely to happen in this case, um, in fact, I, th- I think what is going to happen in this case is that the, our complaint in Polk County will be amended to include uh, the recent declaration of an emergency, and there will be a motion for a temporary injunction. Um, you know, we, we tried to give the governor time to do the right thing, to proceed by rulemaking, to go to the legislature. Um, he decided that he didn't want to do those things. And so now, unfortunately, it's going to be up to the courts to determine whether he has this type of authority. Again, there are other ways that he could pursue a mask mandate if he thinks it will be helpful. There isn't much evidence that it has helped, but if it's something that he wants to do, there are ways for him to do it. But ruling by decree is not a permissible way. When, when Senate Majority Leader Fitzgerald and Speaker Voss issue statements saying this is blatantly illegal and saying that this will be challenged, are they referring to your pending, do you think, Polk County lawsuit or do you expect some other group to file? Well, you know, uh, when when Dane County uh, told private schools that um, they had to close, uh, there were three different groups that filed lawsuits. We were one of them. Those were all original actions in the state Supreme Court. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if some other group filed litigation. Um, they might. Uh, um, I, I, I have no way of knowing that. Uh, what the legislature could do in this instance uh, is by joint resolution, they could rescind the emergency. And they've always had that ability. Um, for whatever reason, they've chosen not to do it, uh, but, uh, but they could do it again by the terms of the statute. Now, whether the governor would then turn around and declare yet another emergency or whether the governor would... Uh, claim that he has some inherent constitutional authority to rule by decree, I can't say. Um, but the, the statute does give the legislature the ability uh, to rescind uh, a declaration of emergency by joint resolution. In statements, Senator Nass, Senator Strobel said, we should convene and rescind this, the governor's latest uh, uh, emergency declaration. Would you prefer that this issue be cleaned up that way most effectively and cleanly or in, in, in the courts? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I, I think that they, they ought to do that. I think they ought to make clear that they don't believe what the governor did was valid, but I, I think they ought to take the vote because notwithstanding my profession, um, I think it's better uh, when we have issues resolved by, you know, the legislative and executive branches and by the courts. But in this case, um, at least so far, that hasn't happened. The governor has persisted in his position. Uh, the legislature has criticized, but has not taken action. Uh, but the legislature doesn't get to acquiesce in this either. And so uh, uh, the way things are now, um, it, it's going to be for the courts to decide. Um, but uh, I certainly uh, would support um, the legislature resolving this on its own. In the correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. I, I have a great respect for your 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 memory here, but 
when the court overturned the uh, stay-at-home order, didn't Chief Justice Roganzak say, we are not clarifying the governor's, governor's powers under uh, emergency orders? Right. right. So, so my follow-up question is, wouldn't you, if the legislature didn't act, wouldn't you welcome some type of judicial Supreme Court c- clarification? This is what the governor can and cannot do under the emergency order statute. Yes, if the legislature does not act. And in, in, in Palm, the governor's exec emergency powers were not at issue because if we recall what happened then, uh, the governor declared an emergency in early March. It was about to expire in early May. He wanted to extend the stay-at-home order. Back then, he recognized that he didn't have the authority to declare emergencies in series. And so he tried to use another provision of the law to unilaterally extend the safer at home order. The court, because it wasn't asked to rule upon the uh, emergency powers of the governor, focused solely on his ability to act under this other provision of the statutes called Chapter 252 and said that uh, if he wants to act pursuant to Chapter 252, he has to proceed by rulemaking, which basically means you have to you have to find some authority in state law and then you have to go through a particular process you can do it on an emergency basis so it can happen very very quickly but there has to be public uh, notice there has to be an opportunity for public comment and a joint committee of the legislature could potentially block the rule and he did begin that process in may uh but then he abandoned it saying well i just don't think the republicans will go along with what i want to do and, uh, and then for um, a period of uh, approximately two months, a little longer, he kept saying his hands were tied and there was nothing he could do. Then suddenly, and this has been a pattern with this governor, he changed his mind and did something that he previously claimed he lacked authority to do, and that is declare this new public health emergency. He was right the first time. He doesn't have the authority to do it. The... Um- the governor's chief counsel, Ryan Nilsistoon, in the wake of the Palm decision overturning stay at home, repeatedly said the court, the Supreme Court in its ruling, gave us absolutely no clarification on what we can and cannot do. Would you agree that the court didn't spell out the powers and it should have? So, and again, it becomes a little bit more complicated. The court said nothing about the governor's emergency ability to declare an emergency because that wasn't an issue in the case. With respect to this um, provision of the statutes that the governor did rely on, which is Chapter 252, which uh, authorizes the Department of Health Services to um, take certain steps to control infectious disease, um, I think what the governor's counsel means is that the court was not specific in defining precisely what the governor could or couldn't do under that provision of the statute. The majority of the court clearly seemed to believe that he could not uh, close non-essential businesses, um, could not issue uh, what amounted to a stay-at-home order that banned travel, um, but beyond that, um, it, it didn't offer additional guidance. Uh, our case, the case that's pending in Polk County, would not address that issue because it would only address whether or not the governor can declare multiple emergencies arising from the same underlying event. 
Uh, I don't think that the governor's power, or the, technically the Department of Health Services, but they act at the direction of the governor. I don't think that that would be clarified until the governor decides to act under that chapter. And uh, there's a subsequent claim that he went too far. That issue is not teed up right now. What advice would you give Wisconsin residents, given the fact that he issued a second uh, mask order, you've got it challenged, you've said you're going to seek an injunction, I assume in Polk County. What advice would you give Wisconsin residents in terms of wearing a mask? Well, you know, there are two different issues at play. I mean, one would be, okay, well, what am I legally entitled to do? And with respect to that, uh, you know, the courts have not yet held that the mask mandate, which was issued pursuant to the emergency, is unlawful. So um, the governor's order is formally in place right now, even though we believe uh, it to be unlawful. There hasn't been a judicial determination otherwise. On the other hand, you know, when you look at this mask mandate, it's not much of a mandate. Uh, the governor's own guidelines say, well, what should I do if I see somebody without a mask? And the governor's own answer is nothing because maybe they have a good reason for not wearing one and we're not going to ask them any questions. So, you know, the, the mandate is, uh, in, to some extent, pure theater. Um, nothing is being done to enforce it. And, and quite frankly, it's not clear that it, not only is it unclear whether it's had any impact with respect to the reduction of infections, infections in fact are up, but uh, part of that is because colleges opened up, but they, they weren't, they didn't go down once the mandate was ordered, the positivity rate stayed the same. But, you know, I think through most of the state, certainly where I live, you know, people have been wearing masks in public spaces since June. And nobody told them they had to do it. They chose to do it. And I think that, you know, if people believe uh, that um, this is an appropriate thing to do, uh, then they ought to continue to do it. I do it. But uh, uh, but whether or not uh, the governor can mandate it and whether or not uh, if he can mandate it, he can do it pursuant to this uh, emergency power, the declaration of a new emergency. Those are the issues that are presented by the litigation. Okay, quick follow-up on that. If I'm a Wisconsin resident, unco- uh, worried about not wearing a mask, uh, in the wake of the second order, is there any greater chance that I will be fined, prosecuted? No, no. Does it change really, anything in my in my decision? I haven't really heard of uh, much, if any, effort on the part of anybody to enforce the existing mask mandate, and I don't know that that will change at this point. Uh, particularly since, you know, the, 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 the existing mask mandate had a number of um, exceptions, and these exceptions were often uh, very subjectively determined, right? I could determine that, you know, I have a, uh, you know, I have an anxiety reaction to wearing a mask, and so for that reason, I don't want to wear it. Now, I'm not saying that that isn't an appropriate thing to do, because I, some people probably do have a difficulty uh, difficulty with wearing a mask, but my point is is that we didn't have a lot of enforcement activity before, maybe not any, and I don't expect that to change at this point. When I read the governor's order yesterday, I found a severability clause. If any one of these things is found to be illegal, unconstitutional, the rest of it stand. Was that part of the original, his first order? Is that just standard uh, boilerplate legal term? Yeah, that's standard. I, I think I think most of the orders, if not all of the orders that he, he's issued, has had that type of language in it. That's um, that's, that's good lawyering. I, I understand why he does it. There's 
more support among state Senate Republicans to come in and strike down this emergency order. Why do you think Speaker Voss has not committed to even so far considering joining the Senate in striking it down? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a question that's probably better put to Speaker Voss. Um, I think uh, I, I do acknowledge that one of the problems that happens when we deal with something like this, uh, when we deal with something like the power of an executive to act, whether it be the president or whether it be the governor, people get caught up on whether they like what he's doing. So, for example, my organization, which um, you know most people would identify as conservative or libertarian, uh, we publicly criticized President Trump for uh, uh, rerouting money that Congress, you know, to pay for the wall because Congress had refused to pay for the wall. Now, it's not that we are against a wall. We don't have a position on a wall, but we believe that it is Cong- that was Congress's decision to make, not the president's. But what happens in the public debate is that people get caught up on whether they like a wall or not. If they like a wall, then they will overlook uh, uh, the uh, authority that the president relies upon to uh, to make that move. Same here. If people like the mask mandate, uh, they often don't stop and ask themselves um, whether or not uh the governor really has the authority to do this. Now, I would submit that they should ask themselves that because if you look at the definition of emergency in the statutes, it's very, very broad. Certainly it, it, it could be a COVID pandemic, but it could be many, many other things. It could be racism. It could be climate change. It could be urban unrest. It could be unlawful immigration. And uh, I don't think we wanna live in a state where a governor can use this broad language, declare an emergency, rule by decree, and then assert the ability to declare that emergency over and over again if in his or her judgment it hasn't ended. That's not the system of government we had. As I said before, we do not elect a king, we elect a governor, and we have a constitution that separates power. And the one thing that we can all be sure of if we like Governor Evers today, there will be a governor elected in the future that we don't like. Uh, many of people who support Governor Evers did not support Governor Walker, and he was recently the governor for eight years. So I think it's important to have the rules right. It's important to recognize the legal limitations and the power of the governor because we can be absolutely certain that someday there will be a governor in this state who's gonna to wanna to do things that we don't like, be we Democrats, be we Republicans, be we liberals, be we conservatives. What role, if any, do you think the latest uh, Marquette poll, 69% of respondents supported face masks. What, what, has that played a role in the, the reluctance of the legislature to convene and uh, speaker, uh, leaders like Voss saying that this should, I would welcome a court fight well, you know, it, it could, um, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, politicians are people that have to be reelected. I mean, that that's part of, they don't get to do their job unless they're reelected. And, and uh, I would be naive if I didn't recognize the fact that they're going to make judgments, you know, based upon uh, the political implications sometimes. And as I said before, people do tend to look at something like this 
uh, through the lens of whether or not they like masks or not. I think that's a mistaken lens. I think that they need, we need to worry about whether the governor has done it in the right way, because I think that is a larger issue that has implications that go way beyond this. But, uh, you know, a politician may look at that and say, uh, you know, this is not a fight that I want to have right now. Uh, so the matter goes to court because the legislature, no matter, the legislature does not have the ability uh, to confer power on the governor by failing to act. So uh, I'd like to see them come back. I'd like to see them take a vote on this, but, uh, you know, that's above my pay grade. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a lawyer. And um, if, if, if they don't act, then, then, uh, then I will. Um, I, 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 I want to respect your time. So just two more questions. Do you, would you have standing since you filed in Pope to seek a OA, an original action, asking this to come directly before the Supreme Court? Are you considering that? Um, you know, if somebody else files an original action, we would probably seek to, to join in it or we would tell the court that if they take this, then uh, they should uh, remove our case from circuit court and take it before the Wisconsin Supreme Court. But the thing that we have to understand, and, and we've had a lot of them, and, and you know, I may have done more original actions over the course of my career than any other lawyer in the state who doesn't work for the government, and, um, and I've been pretty successful going that route. Um, but an original action is an extraordinary thing. It's not the normal way that cases proceed. And uh, the court isn't going to take it up unless um, uh, it feels that it falls into a very, very narrow class of cases. And in, in this instance, uh, we, we made the judgment that uh, rather than ask the court to act in this extraordinary way, that we would proceed um, in the usual manner and that we would go into circuit court and and let the matter uh, move up the system to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Which brings up the issue of why you filed in Polk County. A certain columnist, oh, that would be me, said, uh, Will, <laughs> judge shopped. And you respectfully in an email said you didn't judge shop. But Polk County, two deaths out of 1,251 statewide, 224 positive cases out of 104,000 171 positive cases. Why is it unfair to say your judge shopped and filed in Polk County? For, for, for precisely that reason, because our clients in Polk County, um, I think, just don't see the reason to have a mask mandate in Polk County. Maybe we need one in Milwaukee. Maybe we need one in Dane. But we certainly don't need one in Polk County because uh, of the uh, we, we simply haven't had much transmission of the virus there. And so uh, Polk County, uh, I think, is a perfect place uh, to illustrate that, look, if the governor didn't rule by decree, if he had to go to the legislature, if he had to uh, uh, pursue a rulemaking process in which there would be an opportunity for public notice and comment, then perhaps we wouldn't wind up with something as silly as a mask mandate in Polk County. Because, you know, we may need it in some parts of the state, but that doesn't mean that we need it in all parts of the state. Okay. Final question. Um, how soon will Will be filing uh, to seek a injunction, sir? Uh, you know, my, I, I think, uh, you know, Steve, here's the thing. Um, I, I've reached the point in life where uh, I, a big part of my job is to take credit for what younger people do. And uh, I don't want to um, 
I don't want to place a deadline on them that's unreasonable, but I think it'll be sometime within the next week or so. Next week or so. Rick Essenberg, President and General Counsel of the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. Thanks so much for helping us understand these recent developments and your pending lawsuit. Rick, thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Take care. Thank you. This program is a production of Wisconsin Eye, an independent, nonpartisan, nonprofit media network with a mission to inform, educate, and engage the citizens of Wisconsin. Wisconsin Eye is the nation's first and only independently funded state civic broadcast network, providing gavel-to-gavel access to government proceedings and events at the state capitol. 